Just a quick note before we begin. Today we will be talking about a very upsetting fire and there will be discussion of injuries and also we will say the f word that we don't say once because it is an important word in an important source for this so if you don't want to hear either of those things please skip ahead or do whatever you need for your own health we love you Hey, what's up? Welcome to June 24th, 2020. We have yet another heavy one here. Surprise! This is Queer All Year! What's up? I'm Kat Jones. I'm a bummer. This is Queer All Year, and I'm joined, as always, by my bro and sound producer and co-host, Mick G. I'm sailing away. Setting open course for the open sea. I was really waiting sure. for you to cut me off there. Like, I just. <laughs> no, I was trying to remember the lyrics so I could figure out what might have triggered that. Um, but. <laughs> nothing. I was just, um, after our failed last take, I was like, uh, what's something cheesy to sing that's not at all yeah. referencing the Taliban? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially with, uh, how they're, uh, really running things these days yeah yeah i can't believe we, even... we lost to the taliban like we lost the war okay. in afghanistan all right this that is entirely <sighs> relevant to this podcast well what uh, well the beginning what? is supposed to be uh weird rambling right really yeah but strange banter um, yeah strange i'm gonna put like a killing what's inside of you See, we can do like classic rock. I'm gonna put like a. I'm gonna put the hammer on. Put the hammer on. Like Middle East politics and the prison system, and what else? You've mentioned. You've met, You have now mentioned the prison system more than me, just by censoring me. By saying by saying by the word the prison me. system, I have yes. Yes. Sure. Um, I'll, Someone tally up how many times we've talked about it in our episodes. So today Flatulence. we're going to talk about. Okay. <laughs> That's I'm what we're talking about. This on my own. <laughs> no, we are talking about like you, you need to stop giggling because. Well, this is okay. Not... I thought you wanted a little bit of lightness to the terribleness that's going. Yeah, on to here. the begin. To not. Yeah, but not giggling. Okay. So we're going into the story now. Then not put on my. We're going to go into face. the story. All right. We're going to talk about something that someone should have gone into the prison system for but did not that's what it sounds so, like so yeah so we're talking about the upstairs lounge fire today um mm. and i i want to say a surprising number of people don't know about this uh, surprising in the queer community i think not like it should be surprising for the you know just community in general but like i have to be surprised about how few people in the queer community know right now before i can worry about like the rest of the world <laughs> so this is basically pulse before pulse uh and it's basically pulse that was actually aimed at well no yet again it wasn't really like a hate crime but it was boy the world's complicated <laughs> so 
So um, the upstairs lounge was a gay bar in the French Quarter of New Orleans, Louisiana. And I wish I had remembered that when we visited there because I would have liked to see oh, it. The yeah. building we is still that. standing. Yeah, We I'm weren't doing the podcast at the time yet, though. So, no. But still, we should have gone. There are so many things I should have seen down there. And we I just didn't just like, have time, like, and it was. Well, and when I got home, I was like, "Oh, right, this is there. Oh, right, that's there. <laughs> oh, yeah." So, I'm making a list of things to see when I'm allowed to like leave the state again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so in addition to being the local bar. Um, the lounge also had like a theater area where the local metropolitan community church was meeting. Um, the MCC was the first like gay friendly church denomination, like, like well known kind of founded specifically to be gay friendly or maybe even like mostly specifically for queer people kind of, um, they were, Founded in Huntington Park, California on October 6th, 1968. So that's exactly 20 years before I was born. Because that's October 6th. They've got churches in 33 countries now. And so basically what I'm getting at there is that like at the time it was like new and small enough that they didn't really have a location. They were in between locations at the time. And so they were meeting in this bar that was really more like a community center almost for like the local queer scene. Okay, um, so that whereas like now it's more of like a like a I guess kind of an official church. But if you go look them up online, it's very um you know, chill kind of. <laughs> Seems very local even though it's in all these other countries. Oh, I like that. But yeah. In there. Yeah, especially it seems in a church. like a really nice denomination. Their their about us history or whatever on their website is very strange. I didn't get a chance to like actually read the whole thing. It's very interesting. Huh. So um, so the atmosphere there was kind of like, kind of like Cheers. I've never actually seen Cheers, but I know when you walk in, it's because sometimes you want to go or everyone Everybody knows your knows name, your you know? Name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You walk I, in I've watched a few Norm. episodes of it, and uh, they really, uh, I mean, I guess it's a kind of older show, but they um, really took advantage of this one poor guy's alcoholism. And uh, oh, he just always, uh... I can't remember his name, but just like they would always like, play with him hide his drinks and then you know like yeah not let him yeah. drink or dude those yeah, things where like you look back on it and you're like oh you guys oh, were kind of okay. being bullies there you know? yeah you're like i i still like this show because i used to like it or it's just as good or whatever yeah i mean there's lots of other that's aspects a different to it time. that are great <laughs> but just like yeah i don't know you know things were different i mean i imagine they would apologize for it now or something like that but, or not do it. Yeah. Yeah, or not do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so that was kind of the atmosphere here. I assume they were nicer to alcoholics, but I don't know. This was the 70s, man. So uh June 24th, <laughs> 1973, the around 125 people were in the bar celebrating the last day of Pride weekend and their weekly beer bust night 
which meant it was Ooh. all you could drink for one dollar. That's all awesome. You can drink. So that's five dollars and seventy seven cents in twenty twenty money. Oh really? It's still and, that uh, cheap. Wow. Yeah. And that makes me think of the John Mullaney bit, you know, like I'm pretty sure we'll die if we go to O'Halligan's tonight. Nickel shot night should be illegal. <laughs> really should. <laughs> Cracks me up. So then, um, yeah. So there's 125 people. They're being awesome people and living their best lives. And then at 7.52 p.m., 7.56 p.m., or 8 o'clock p.m., depending on the source you use, a buzzer from the door... A buzzer from the door downstairs started buzzing just like nonstop, just incessantly, would not stop buzzing. And apparently this is some kind of buzzer that taxi drivers used to let the patrons know that their taxi was there. Uh, but no one was expecting a taxi. I've never heard of a buzzer like that, but I guess I don't... We're it's the Kansas. 70s, you know. Now you can just call them. Yeah, but also we're from Kansas and it was the second floor of a bar and... I just feel like yeah. we've never heard of the, any of these things. <laughs> <laughs> we are I just don't know. like naive Kansas kids. <laughs> yeah. Every now and then another podcast will say something that's just like, you know, they just blow past it. And I'm like, wait, whoa, go back. What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you don't have like a side yard or something? <laughs> Your house is attached to another house. What? Man, you bought like it? It's not an apartment? You know. No, I know. It was or, just like uh, when I first learned that you could buy apartments. Oh, yeah. Like, that was like, that's such a city thing. <laughs> yeah, I had never heard of it for years. No, probably college is when I found out you could buy apartments. Yeah. Like, wow. I didn't know that there were any <laughs> apartments that were that nice that were like actually a house, but it's, you know, yeah. like multiple floors and stuff like that. Well, yeah. Some of them aren't even multiple floors, but. Anyway, yeah, so we I got off track there. Anyway, things yeah. we don't know about taxi buzzers. Uh, eventually, <laughs> the bartender, Buddy Rasmussen, got sick of it um, because no one had called for a taxi, but this taxi's going crazy down there pushing the buzzer. So he asked uh, Luther Boggs, who was one of the regulars, to go tell the cabbie that no one had, no one had ordered a taxi and to, like, GTFO or something. But horrifically, none of them could know that a few minutes before someone had pried open the bar's steel entrance door, hurled in a Molotov cocktail, and quickly oh, no. padlocked the door shut after him. Dang. So when when Luther opened the door to the stairs, the backdraft exploded into a fireball that would take only 16 minutes to engulf the entire building and basically burn itself out. Holy moly. So... Buddy, the bartender, had been in the Air Force. He's an Air Force veteran, and he immediately snapped into Air Force veteran mode. And he amazingly got 20 people out onto the roof where they could climb down from a neighboring roof to safety. Um, most people, though, didn't know that this back exit existed. Uh, and the smoke was too thick for them to have found it. And, you know, like I said, it took 16 minutes for this fire to burn itself out. Um, so. You know, there's no way he could have, like, stayed there getting more people out, you know? It was, like, 20 people, and that's about it, you yeah, know? Yeah, I mean, like, he did what he can't. I mean, like, that's still a hero, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to 
16 minutes and a huge backdrop that like people were on fire immediately and yeah. he still was able to snap into it and like know where that door was and get people with him on the way like that's that's crazy to me it's incredible yeah amazing. Um, so the people couldn't get out the front door obviously and they didn't know the back one existed so their next logical option was the windows now apparently we do know that some people decided to try and hide from the fire people were found under the grand piano and tables and stuff but most people obviously went for the windows but the windows had bars on them because it was um they were floor to ceiling windows so you know so it would look really nice Get, it got lots of great light and all that, but you didn't want someone, you didn't want a dancer falling out of the window, you know, the floor to ceiling window. Oh. So it had bars on it. Gotcha. And okay. the bars were 14 inches apart. So some people would have been able to slip through them, not, you know, not everyone. But in order to get to them, they would, they had to break the windows and then like squeeze through them. And the majority of the people who did who even were able to get out through the windows got out on fire. So the people who got out of this place were on fire. And so they, you know, I can't remember how many got out through the windows. Several people did, but like I said, they were on fire. Uh, They were only 14 inches apart. So some people couldn't even fit through them. And then in one case, um, the reverend of the church, Bill Larson, was attempting to get an AC unit out of the out of one of the windows, so he could get oh. out. He and others could get out. But Did it work? what ended up happening is that I guess the windows could slide up and down like regular windows, kind of. So once he got the AC unit out, the window slid closed oh. on top of him. Trapping him half in and half out of the of the bar, and so for the four hours it took of that fire, and then the investigation and going through and everything, his body charred in the window there for four hours, just left there, and so every photo of the um of the fire or of the aftermath of that has him in it. But a lot of people who were taking the photos didn't even know. And if you look at the photos, if you don't know he's there, then you don't know. But when you know he's there, you can see it. Did, and it is bad. Was he like, of course. since it was, it was the lower half of his body stuck inside the building. It was the lower half, but, you know, it was fire was flying out of the, you know, out of the building. So, so like, I mean, his whole body got. Yeah, but I guess it probably made it worse that half of him was outside because then it is just very clearly an extremely horribly burned human. Uh, yeah, you know? it sounds like the most horrifying, painful yeah. death imaginable. Like It was, yeah, it, what when I was writing this, it took me a long time to write it just because of so, all the different stories and stuff. But then this one is like, like, like... It's just mind-blowing. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> Not officially. Um, 
Luther Boggs was one of the people who, the, the guy who opened the door, he actually managed to get out of one of the windows, but he was so badly burned that he ended up not surviving, which Man. I'm amazed he survived to get out the window, you know? Um, yeah, so, he was the first guy to get hit. I know, yeah, I mean, by the fireball. I don't know. He made it out, which really, it's just terrible that he died later. That would, it's just so... So it's it's a story of human survival, and then it's not, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It stinks. This <laughs> whole yes, thing stinks. All just... I have like, I've run out of words pretty much the past. Right, few days. like what actual I, I knew this words story, can do but... justice? Like, yeah, I like know. I knew the story. I knew about the people. I've seen all the documentaries. I've read the books. Like I know it, and it's just still like when you're getting into it, and you're gonna have to talk about it. It's a lot so okay assistant pastor mitch mitchell uh is another story another one of the famous stories he had made it out but he went back in to try to save his husband lewis broussard and um i'm calling him his husband because they considered themselves married they had a civil ceremony two years prior but everything i saw said partner so maybe I should be saying partner, but when they when everything says that they considered themselves married, then I feel like would it be more respectful for me to say husband? I don't know. Um, in yeah. any case, neither of them made it out, and their charred remains were found clinging to each uh-huh. other. So, yeah. Mitch had children from a previous marriage, and they were visiting him that weekend from Alabama. Uh-huh. And according to his son, Dwayne, Mitch dropped them dropped him and his brother Steve off to see a movie earlier that night, and they ended up watching the same movie seven times, waiting for their dad to pick him up. Uh, eventually, Mitch's landlady picked the boys up, and a neighbor took them to the airport the next day to fly them back to their mother. No one told them what where their dad was or what had happened or, or why they were being picked up by other people. Um, and I... There's a, a big... Um, interview with Dwayne out there I think it's an advocate um, article I can't remember I'll have to link to it but it I I don't he didn't say from what I can see that like how he found out um it just kind of seems like I don't know it doesn't say how they found he he doesn't say how they found out he just now he's worked with every single documentary um and historical and book type of like endeavor for this like he says his dad is a hero for going back in to try and find lewis and he's really proud of him Yeah. yeah and and he helps however he can in documenting everything and making sure everything is accurate about the fire and yeah, so his he... dad and the people who they were he knew everything about his dad at the time, anyway, right? Like, so why would they be trying to, like? Well, he was he, either he or his brother was eleven. I think he was eleven, oh, and so it's okay. like you know his neighbor and yeah, the landlady deciding the what to tell the. Him. Well, and like you know, a how do you tell a kid that? I guess, and then b like they don't. 
necessarily know how much the kids know, I guess, in terms of like their dad's sexuality and yeah. that kind of thing. So and maybe that then... was the right choice. Maybe. I well, I feel like they should I feel like someone needed to tell them, hey, maybe they could have put dad their mother on the something. airport or on the plane. On the plane. Yeah, got... well, yeah. Preferably. Whatever. I yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. I mean Yeah, I mean something should have been handled better, but you know. <laughs> I don't, that's not gonna Crazy things happen during grief and tragedy, you know. Like, yeah, and then trying to hide people or just after not they're dead. Understanding what to do. Yeah. Um so yeah, overall twenty eight people died at the scene. One died en route en route en route to the hospital, and three of eighteen injured survivors eventually succumbed to their burns. Mm. So what on God's goddamn earth happened here? I sound like I am in a slow pool or something. <laughs> yeah. We'll get going. We're 20 minutes in. <laughs> Why can't I talk? This is one of the long ones. This is going to be long like Pulse and uh, like Stonewall is going to be. Anyway, um, so Roger Dale Nunez had been kicked out of the bar earlier that night for being unruly and basically being himself. Because apparently that's just what he was known. He was known to be rowdy and annoying, apparently. It's just what people would say. And I don't know how I feel about that later. But he either yelled, I'll burn them all out, or muttered, I'll burn the place to the ground as he was being kicked out, depending on what source you're listening to. Uh, I'll burn them all out. Either way, it's not good. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, the I'll burn them all out being yelled kind of did not come from a lot of sources that cared about being accurate, I think, but it was several places. Uh, The police looked into Roger, but they decided he wasn't a credible suspect, despite witnesses having seen the incident. Um, And, oh, and despite the fact that he later confessed to a friend over four times. So during this whole time... This whole Did they know from the friend? Well, what do you mean? Did they know about the confession? Yeah, the friend would like told them about it like oh. multiple times, and they didn't listen. They had, they had spoken to Roger, um, like a-, a little bit after the fire, and decided that he didn't seem nervous enough. He didn't seem like he did it. So, despite one witness <laughs> All right. having like having like positively identified him and said like he's the one who said it so there's one witness who looked at him and said that's who said it but then there were a bunch of other witnesses who said you know this is the person who said it whatever so is this suspicion so there's like ear witness and eyewitness or whatever oh they didn't give a crap at all Mm. but yeah so they decided he didn't work and i think he took a polygraph and passed it or something but i mean like it's so easy to pass a polygraph and i shouldn't have said that out loud but he uh yeah so they just ruled him out just for funsies i think he um had escaped from a psychiatric hospital earlier that year he was suffering from conversion hysteria uh which 
from what I can find means conversion disorder, which is, you know, we know conversion disorder. That's a thing. Conversion hysteria. I don't understand what on earth that's supposed to mean. Um, I guess it's also called functional neurological symptom disorder. And it's great. It's like a psychiatric and neurological disorder. Kind of. I can't remember. That's not one exactly of those pseudoscience terms. Well, I mean, it depends on how much you think psychiatry is a pseudoscience. You know? Oh, well, isn't this kind of outdated psychiatry? To conversion say... hysteria is conversion yeah. disorder is um, a real thing. Oh, I guess I'm basically confused about that. But so let's see. It's a um, altered voluntary motor or sensory function. So it's like, yeah. So it's basically it's like you have a a mental disorder and it's like some sort of psychiatric stressor then causes like some sort of like physical um reaction kind of so like you can be get like weakness or paralysis i think is what it is i think conversion disorder means like it's not converting your senses correctly or whatever your your sensory input i don't know someone can call me out Uh... someone listening call me out does um, not uh, excuse us. Oh no, for sure. No, I'm just like that's just some background. Yeah, good and then, background. Like, it it kind of, it it kind of not doesn't explain, but it makes what he says later more believable, I guess. But um, so what happened was he left. He was kicked out, and he came back an hour later. He had bought a bunch of lighter fluid, I guess from a nearby Walgreens and a book of matches or else he had a book of matches. Like no one's ever bought matches. Right. So, so this he, is his confession that he accidentally, did this is what he said to his friends, and yeah, his friend. Okay. And he apparently has said this multiple times, like the same, it didn't change. You know, it, it was just like, I went to the Walgreens. I got lighter fluid. I went back and I poured the lighter fluid all over the bottom stairs, and then I threw a match. And even I didn't though there think was, it would actually start a fire. Even though there's evidence of Malta cocktail? Well, see, that also is debated by evidence. Uh, there's no evidence of literally anything, except that there were probably some human beings in there because there were things that looked like human beings. Like, everything burned so hot and so fast. Like, yeah. there was no bottle. I guess in the 70s, I might... They might not be as good as they are now, but well, and I also, I mean, you think the bottle <laughs> melted or like I mean, no, still the glass. Would be nothing, there. nothing involved with this or any other attack against any gay people will ever be due to incompetence. It's due to n- negligence and willful incompetence. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I was. That's what I was pretty thinking, much. But okay. Yeah. There's just like. There's just no way. Um, <sighs> so part of this reported Molotov cocktail, uh, according to him, who confessed to doing it, and everyone thinks he's the one who did it because no, they can't figure out anyone else, and the gay community had to do its own investigating, really. Uh, 
this is the events that we believe is what happened. So he says he he doused the bottom stairs in lighter fluid. And I think that's why they think maybe it's a Molotov cocktail instead, because just doing the bottom stairs is not going to have... Yeah, that's. I mean, it sounds like making a kind of excuse, like a plea for um, a different kind of <laughs> homicide. Well, and then he went on to say that he, when he threw the match, he didn't think it would actually start a fire. Yeah. That and even... he did kind of like, you know, Wait, that did kind of change into, I didn't think it was going to burn the whole thing place down yeah. you know but um so i mean it was kind of he i really i think he definitely did do it and then he kind of like was trying to make himself feel better over the years yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of yeah, you know exactly. trying to like he knew i think he knew he wouldn't feel better but he was trying to make other people think mm-hmm. it wasn't as bad so that he would feel better about it not being as bad that kind of thing you know um well. But he later on um, died by suicide, and then in 1980, the case was closed due to lack of leads. No yeah, one was ever officially named worked. a suspect, and it was closed unsolved. Yep. And it was a fire marshal, I think, that closed it, something like that. But um, um, if you die while the charges are going, right, you can't be charged, right? No, but I mean, I think they can t- they can take something up against your estate. I think. Ah, okay. Because I was literally just listening to this something about something similar. So you can at least get some kind yesterday. of recourse. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it's it was probably some sort of suit, but I mean, like you would have to be able to prove it, and it would have to be like a wrongful death or uh, something like that lawsuit. You know, this guy's still alive. Oh wait, never mind. You I just, just said yeah, this is like uh, my brain's skipping uh, around. I'm just like you know, just baffled by this. No, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. It is really. I mean, it's really upsetting. Um, so then afterward, and I I can't remember if we were talking on the podcast or before the podcast, but um, afterward. Not a lot, but quite a, quite a few of the people. So three of the bodies were never identified. Um, wow. Several of the bodies were never were identified, but were never picked up by their families, oh, uh, or were never claimed. Uh, there's just a lot of because um, these families had probably kind of like disowned them in a way. Being well, yeah, I mean, like, they're, I don't even know if I'd, I wouldn't call it, disowned sounds very nice compared to, like, oh, actively, yeah. like, denouncing and kicking out your Yeah, I mean, that is really something being... not to get his corpse, you know. Yeah, to find out that your family member or your supposed loved one or whatever is dead in a horrible <sighs> fire. You know, and then not pick them up. Possibly even, I mean, maybe if maybe if they had died that in a car accident, they would have picked the person up and you know the person's body up and and had a, a service. But the fact that they that they died in, in a, a gay bar, a fire in a gay bar, yeah, a very very public thing. You know, uh, so, so people's bodies weren't claimed. There were three who went unnamed. They actually did 
just identify in 2018. They identified oh, really? one of the unidentified men, and it's because his family came forward and they've been looking for him oh. for all these years. And so, I mean, that's a terrible thing to find uh, out is family. that, you know, yeah, but at the same time, like, it's Closer. not like, you know, those those three men who went unidentified, everyone was like, it's because their families hated them and disowned them. They had no one. And it's like, no, Larry Frost didn't not have no one. Not He did not have no one. <laughs> I think they're unidentifiable. We <laughs> I mean, heck, we went to school with him, didn't we? Larry Frost. <laughs> no, <What>? Larry. <laughs> we did go to school with a Larry Frost. But this Larry Frost was 32 at the time, and he is um, most likely one of the victims. We actually don't have 100% certainty because he is not buried anywhere we can get his DNA or dental records or anything. Um, These three men and the ones who went unclaimed were put in a pauper's grave or a, a potter's row. Um, damn. Okay, and so you know, in a in a pauper's grave, Potter's grave, whatever it is, they just dump bodies in, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it's basically Shakespeare, or not? Well, yeah, Shakespeare, but also um, Amadeus Wolf. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Mozart. (laughs) I'm thinking of the movie. I'm like the movie's Amadeus Amadeus, Mozart. Yes, Mozart. We don't know where we kind of do, but we don't. Um, so there's no way, and we're just assuming. Uh, other, but like, and then they wouldn't, they couldn't have funerals anywhere. So finally, St. George's Episcopal Church let them have a small prayer service, uh, but they couldn't have like real funerals, that kind of They could, but they couldn't. And um, they just weren't really able to based just from the the city. And New Orleans is very, very weird about their cemeteries and their burials and stuff. I can't, I'm not even going to go into it, but it is weird. And you only like rent a grave in New Orleans. Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that. Isn't it is crazy? It's very weird. Then- yeah, I mean, but. It's how it is. That's a. It's like that in Europe as well, and well, not everywhere, but um, lots apparently places. it's like that in New York too, in a lot of places. And it's uh. like, well, like I'm not like don't disturb the dead or whatever, but it's like it's but, a strange thing to do. It just put in <laughs> someone on top of that person, you know, uh. like just. You're like, well, we need the grave, and if you're not going to pay for it, it's like, well, if you're not going to pay for it, then put in another person. You know, <laughs> whatever their bodies. Um, so I've just totally ruined uh, the sanctity of this episode. So um, yeah, stay tuned for yeah. a, uh, a uh... no. We're not done. Well, hurry up. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna hurry it up. I told you this is one of the ones that actually means something. Well, I so thought you were done. Out. So I... okay. No, I'm just I'm gonna say the names, like I always do. Oh okay, um, yeah. Oh, and then I was gonna cite my sources. I am going to, so I'm going to cite my sources. I'm going to say the F word. This is where I'm going to say the F word because I cannot, I have, you know, half an hour, a little over. And so I obviously did not do this. I gave you information. I didn't give you the emotional and deep information. So the, here are the 
three things to go check out. The documentary, documentary, documentary Upstairs Inferno, which is amazing. It came out 2015, I think. Uh, episode 87 of True Crime Obsessed Podcast. Uh, listen to that whole podcast anyway, but episode 87 is about the Upstairs Inferno. And then the book Let the Faggots Burn by Johnny Townsend. And it's titled that because that is actually, that was a quote in a newspaper at the time about the fire. That's how the, there were jokes and then there was anger. That actually was a joke that was said in the newspaper. So that wasn't even like one of the angry hatred things. Yeah. So, and that book is, is the book that is like, he wrote the book on the fire. So yeah. Check that out if you can handle it. It Maybe don't read it in public, I guess, (laughs) or cover up the title. All right, so the list of fatalities are Willie Inez Warren, Eddie Hosea Warren, James Curtis Warren, and those are, that was a mother and her two sons. Um, Luther Boggs, the Reverend William Larson, Dr. Perry Lane Waters Jr., Horace Skip Getchell, Leon Richard Maples, George Stephen Bud Motti, James Hambrick, Larry Stratton, Joe Bailey, Clarence McCloskey Jr., Adam Fontenot, Ferris LeBlanc, Donald Dunbar, Kenneth Harrington, Gerald Gordon, Tom Golding Sr., Douglas Williams, Bob Lumpkin, David Gary, Guy Anderson, Mitch Mitchell, Louis Broussard, Reginald Adams Jr., Joseph Henry Adams, Herbert Cooley, Glenn Richard Dick Green, Larry Frost, unidentified white male, unidentified white male. And that was really surreal saying all those names because I have heard so much about all of them. I felt like I was like, saying the names of like either people I knew or famous people or just like, I feel like just every single one of them just like, Oh, I recognize that. I know who that person is. I know who that person is. And it's just like, Oh, I know who they are. Cause they're dead. And cause I like, you know, I've researched and read all this stuff about it. Like, wow, that was powerful for me. <laughs> God, take me out of this. Yeah, all right. Oh yeah. my. I'll get you out wow. of here before you uh, start crying or something. <laughs> Or that's, I do. Um, that's well, if, crazy. If you guys um, like to like us, you, we would like you a lot. Please like our uh, Facebook page. It's called Queer All Year. And if you want to come rant about these atrocities we've been talking about lately, you can join our group. It's called the Queer All Year Mafia. Mafia. <laughs> that was very I'm sorry. I just remembered that like the Upstairs Lounge is a really, really famous paranormal investigation site. And I just got so mad. Sorry. Um, so you can check us out on Twitter or Instagram. It's Queer All Year Pod. Make sure you put the pod there. You can also get our bonus episodes, ringtones, bloopers, and more at patreon.com slash queer all year. And also, very importantly, please uh, use whatever pod uh uh, the podcast application that you use. Um, yeah, to be very careful to avoid assert cat's uh, 
uh, trigger word. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, please leave us a five-star rating and then a review. Uh, those help us um, get exposed to a larger audience and more people get to be exposed to this uh, important history. I mean, uh, we'll be doomed to yeah. repeat if uh, we don't remember so uh with that in mind uh please do that and stay and check out this unicorn that's about to be up in here <laughs> this has messed both of us up yep this episode i was like this is gonna be one of our great episodes like the holocaust one and this one is fine well i mean <laughs> it's, it's like definitely messed both of us up yeah uh, I don't yeah know. weird unicorn you know what i think what it is is that oh is that we're getting beaten down more and more. Yeah. We got so, a happy okay. one tomorrow, though, right? Yes. All right. Because I, I promised both of us. And, and <laughs> We're getting a break. <laughs> the unicorn, though, says everything is temporary. Treat it as such. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah. well, uh, and, uh, I agree with that in a lot of ways. Yeah. <coughs> like, but not like uh, don't don't treat people as temporary. No. I mean, I guess no. they are, but I mean, I guess in the sense that don't, you don't want to waste time, time like with at people, like yeah. uh, you know, take advantage of the time because yeah. they are everything's temporary. temporary. Yolo. Yeah, there you Basically. go. Basically, <laughs> um, the unicorn says Yolo. Unless you're, um, unless uh, like all the god stuff is right, and then you live twice. Wait, You'll... are we talking about Buddhism? Or, well, no, Buddhism, you live like a billion times. Yeah, but like, in, the Bible says you live once. And then in heaven, you live again. Oh, I guess, yeah, because you don't die, you just don't die. Oh. In the Bible. Eh, whatever. Right? Um, semantics, semantics, semantics. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you're not, you don't get to be on Earth. You have to be in heaven. So... Time on Earth is temporary, and yes. that just reminded me that my friend Phoenix oh, is being buried today, and so, yeah, they're, they're in a very nice plot. So, the world is temporary, and people are temporary, and love everyone as hard as you can while they're here, and fight the hatred as hard as you can while you're here so that other people aren't more temporary than we all already are. Right. So if you see someone with a Molotov cocktail, just go ahead and, and haul off and do something to them. I'm, I'll sign off on that. Anyway, speaking of signing off, uh, just to remember that this is all temporary and wherever you are is exactly where the universe wants you to be. <laughs> <laughs>